This podcast of the Model Health Show is presented to you by Sean Stevenson with Rare Gym Productions. For more information, visit theshawnstevensonmodel.com. Welcome to the Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson here with my amazing, phenomenal, talented, gifted co-host, Jade Harrell. What's up, Jade? Hit me with that, Sean. I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) It's true. Give thanks. I received that. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in today. We've got an amazing, game-changing episode for you guys. And I'm beyond excited. Uh, He's a good friend. He's a great human being, and he's doing some really great things, to say the least. Of course. And before we do that, though, I want to ask you something. Me? Yes. Okay. Yes. Besides my, how I'm feeling. My man is all about greatness. <laughs> yes, So he is. I want to ask you, what is your definition of greatness? Oh, my goodness. Greatness would be to realize my potential mm-hmm. as well as how to press toward it. Mm. Yes. I, mm-hmm. The strategy, how to do it. Exactly. Yes. Well, because wherever I go beyond there will be in greatness, will be operating in greatness. Absolutely. But once I understand that potential and how to walk in it, then I think that's when it all comes together. Well said. Thank you. And, you know, so this is why we have him on today. He's really been able to encapsulate yeah. what greatness looks like and also how to move towards it. So super exciting. Me too. So, and by the way, how are you today? <laughs> I am splendacular. <laughs> what is that? That is splendid and spectacular. Splendacular. Right now. That sounds like some kind of a sweetener or something. Yeah, that's splendacular. Can I get some of that splendacular in yeah. my drink, please? In your water, just water. In, right. It's powerful. Right. Good stuff. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get moving. First, we want to give a shout out to our show sponsor, mm-hmm. onit.com. Head over to onnit.com forward slash model, and you're going to get 10% off all of your health and human performance supplements. You should know that we're huge fans of the Hemp Force Protein. The most bioavailable protein is going to be found in hemp. Mm-hmm. Edestin albumin, which is a soft globular protein, very digestible, easy to assimilate. Mm-hmm. This is why people would guzzle egg whites. You know, I was making my egg white omelets back Did in the day. Did you guzzle it or were you choking it down? Let's be honest. <laughs> it's not delicious. <laughs> you know, right. can I get the egg white omelet so I can <laughs> not enjoy my meal? <laughs> um, but this is why turning to something like hemp and hemp protein is going to be a much more tasty option, but mm-hmm. hemp force, not hemp protein from random company X, because I cannot guarantee the efficacy nor the taste. Absolutely. It might taste like two scoops of ashtray ashes <laughs> going into your smoothie. So definitely check out hemp force protein. Also huge fans of the shroom tech sport, shroom tech immune, the earth grown nutrient product, the green superfruit blend they have. These are things I use on a daily basis and my family. So head over and check Absolutely. them out. O N N I forward slash model for 10% off. Now let's get into the iTunes review of the week. Well, this one is powerful. It's a five-star rating from Mary Mint 101. Eye-opening, she says. I found this podcast on Primal Potential and quickly became addicted to Sean's healthy lifestyle hacks and Jade's fun personality. I've benefited mostly from the sleeping episodes. It's been two months since I started the sleeping techniques, and I am no longer taking sleeping pills Mm, and suffering from years of insomnia. Plus, they've introduced me to so many inspiring guests, foods, and exercises. This podcast has opened my eyes to a new and better way of living day to day. That is so amazing. I mean, that literally hit me in my heart. Thank you so much for sharing that. of insomnia. These are the stories. This is what's possible. Mm -hmm. You know, and speaking of great guests, by the way, thank you everybody for leaving those reviews for us. It means the world, truly. 
And speaking of great guests, we've got a great one for you today. My guest today is Lewis Howes. I'm going to read his bio. Wait, All right. you said we have Lewis, Lewis House on our show? Representing the school of greatness. Oh, so Lewis Howes is a lifestyle entrepreneur, high-performance business coach. Yes, I mean, like, for real. He's Amy. Top Amy, guy. Amazing, yes. Author and keynote speaker, a former professional football player and two-sport All-American he is a current USA men's national handball team athlete. This is why I had to read this, mm-hmm. right? He's like a renaissance man. Mm-hmm. He's like the upgraded version Leonardo da Vinci <laughs> slash DiCaprio. Yes. <laughs> All right. Lewis hosts the School of Greatness podcast, which has received millions of downloads since it launched in 2013. His newest book, The School of Greatness, provides a framework of achieving real, sustainable, repeatable success. You get the tools, knowledge, and actionable resources to take your vision and turn it into a reality. Lewis was recognized by the White House and President Obama as one of the top 100 entrepreneurs in the country under 30. Get it. He is a contributing writer for Entrepreneur and Yahoo.com and has been featured in the New York Times, Forbes, Men's Health, The Today Show, and other media outlets as well. You can learn more about him at lewishouse.com. I'd like now, to welcome to the Model Health Show my good friend Lewis House. How are you doing today, man? What's up, brother? Good to see you, man. Same here, man. Same here. Dude. <laughs> right? You, you've got this book brewing, bro. How does it feel, man? Dude, it's feeling so good. It's been a journey. You know, it's been a dream for about seven years to write this book. And now the timing became right for yeah. it to come out. So it's been a couple of years of working it and massaging it and writing it. And now it's coming, man. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So on that note, you know, especially this process, seven years in the making, your story you know, the making of you is really interesting story. So can you just share a little bit about how you, you know, your origin story, your superhero origin story, how you came from this Mm. athlete to being one of the top entrepreneurs that's in the game right now? Sure. Yeah. You know, my dream as a kid was to be a pro athlete and that's all I really thought about. It was eat, sleep, breathe, training, and getting to that next level in sports. I didn't really go to school much. I mean, I went, but I didn't really study. I wasn't ever focused. It was hard to read and write, actually, which is kind of funny because I have a book out now. But <laughs> I really struggled a lot in school. And had uh, you know, I was in the special needs class from elementary all through my senior year in high school, actually. A lot of people don't know that about me. But I was always in a tutor class, the special needs class, with like the four other kids that couldn't learn. Right. And that was challenging for me. And so I always turned towards athletics to get that pain out, to get that aggression out, to see what I was good at because I wasn't good at school. I made it to the Arena Football League. I was trying to make the NFL. I didn't make it. I played one season in the Arena League and got injured. I broke my wrist. And for the next year and a half, was recovering, kind of in transition mode of what am I going to do next? What you know, it's available for me for the rest of my life. I'm 23 or 24 years old. My dream is over. Now what? Yeah. And I spent that year and a half really diving into, you know, learning more about who I am. Who am I outside of football, outside of sports? And what are the skills and assets that I can bring to the table? Uh, that first year and a half, I was sleeping on my sister's couch and I spent about six to eight hours a day on LinkedIn. That's the, the social networking site. And, um, I just dove in, man. I was like just so enamored with connecting with influential people and reaching out to CEOs and executives from all different companies to ask them about how they got to where they are in their career, their business. Through that process, through that journey, I started developing my own skills. I was going to Toastmasters every week, learning how to do public speaking. I was 
working with three different mentors. I was interning. I was just like going on all over the place to try to figure out what it is I'm good at, right. what I like to do, and what my next step is in the world. And um, you know, over the last seven years, it's evolved into building businesses online. And I got into the blogging and social media world early on because that's what I had access to, right. and that's what I was uh, interested in. And one step at a time, just started making money around my passion, yeah. and it brought me to today. Awesome, man. Can, let's take a step back because I think it's really important because when people see your success, and this happens with a lot of successful people, uh-huh. they're just like, you know, they've got the tools, but you already shared some of the <clears throat> hardships that you went through early on. You know, I can't even imagine and being isolated like that in a special needs class and being separated from other people when chances are, of course, people learn differently, you know, and that's really mm-hmm. the, at the core of the story. But also I, what I really want to look at is that time on your sister's couch. So that identity break from you being this big time athlete, right? Yeah. To being nothing in probably your mind. Mm-hmm. How did that feel at that time in that position between athlete being injured and getting connected with LinkedIn? How did you feel in that time period? I mean, at first I was in denial. You know, I thought I was going to recover and come back pretty quickly, but they took a bone out of my hip and put it into my wrist. And that took, a, you know, I'm still recovering from it today. I still don't have full flexibility in my wrist. And so I was in denial. I was like, I'm going to come back in six weeks. I'm superhuman. You know, I'll be able to train and get on the field. And then every month when I'd go to do a checkup, the doctor was like, no, you need more time. You need more time. And it was six months in the cast. And then when I got the cast off, it was like so much atrophy. I couldn't yeah. even straighten my arm fully for another six months without pain. So I was just denial first, then depression. And then I just felt like a worthless human being. I just felt like I had zero to give yeah. in the world and uh, no skills. My identity was gone. Luckily, my sister was like, come stay with me. And she had a golden lab named Lady that comforted me and, and kept me feeling like loved and would just lick on me even though I was laying on the couch all day. And uh, it gave me some comfort. But, you know, fortunately, I had some great family support that allowed me to go through it. They yeah. never pushed me to, like, get out of it too quick. You know, I was worthless for about a year and a half, essentially. And I was still doing some online work, but I went out and doing anything. I wasn't taking care of my health. I was eating like I would eat playing football, but not working out. Yeah. And it was just... Uh, so then you packed on you some know, weight then. I packed on some weight, man. I put it on and uh, I thought I'd be fine. You know, I thought my metabolism would burn it, but I was just laying around eating sugar all day. Eating like hot pockets. And um, that hot doesn't do anything pockets. good for your brain either when you're eating like crap. Right, as you yes, know. So absolutely. it just constantly reinforced this like negative state physically. But eventually... I started to say, okay, I've got to figure out how to make money and be a grown man and get off my sister's couch. My first goal, my vision was to say, okay, how can I make $2,000 a month so that I can get my own place and feel like a grown-up and not be dependent on my sister? And that was my vision for a year and a half. And eventually, I went from my sister's couch to paying $250 a month rent for a room at my brother's house for about four months and then eventually making enough money each month that I went and got a rent in Columbus, Ohio for four ninety five a month. And that felt like a lot of money to me. I remember yeah. feeling so scared. Am I going to be able to afford this? Can I keep it up? But eventually, I was like, I'm going to look at my life as a sport. And I'm going to train like a, a machine in life yeah. and figure this thing out and see how I can win in life. And the mentors really helped me get to that level. Awesome. Yeah. So the incomes, the mentors, and people to 
to model. So can you share with us, uh, you know, some of the early mentors, people that you worked with, who helped to kind of pull you out of that dark state? Sure. Yeah, I had a guy named Chris Hawker, who is a famous inventor, has invented probably about 100 different products in the market right now. And I had this invention idea. I actually sourced it myself from China. I designed it. It was called the cast comfy. And I had this huge cast on my arm, right? My whole arm in a 90 degree angle, but it was always scratching my face and ripping my clothes and it smelled. So I created this essentially a a thicker, longer sweatband with a thumb hole. And it had different designs and I had the whole thing. And he helped me package it, design it, put a logo on it. He helped me with everything that I needed to figure out, create my first company with it, my first LLC. And and he helped me design everything and showed me how to do marketing, how to do branding, took me to trade shows, showed me the ropes. And for me, that was so valuable that he would take me under his wing. And I was willing to do anything. I was willing to hustle. I got on the phones for him and sold his products. I was doing PR. I was doing marketing. I was doing everything. And uh, he was great early on. When I was learning to do public speaking, I had another guy, Frank Agan, who I met at Toastmasters, who I would work with every two weeks and go and present to him and then go practice at the group and uh, practice my speeches. And he would take me out to lunch. He's the one who helped me write my book on LinkedIn. So I had a number of different people that were just giving me great feedback and advice. And uh, I think the key for me was I showed up with a lot of passion, a lot of energy, and I took a lot of action. I think the worst thing you can do, and I'm sure you get this a lot, Sean, is when people email you and say, hey, can you have lunch or coffee or can you mentor me or coach me? And if you do it and people take zero action, it's like the worst oh, yeah. feeling you can have. Yeah. So I showed up with a lot of hunger, a lot of energy. You know, I was broke down and out and I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. You tell me what to do, I will do it times 100. I looked at it like a sport. Yeah. And that's a lot of people, definitely, I've had that experience happen before, but a lot of people, they're holding back on that hunger, you know, but they don't know it, you know, and there's a lot of excuses involved for the situations that you find yourself in. And I know you went through it, you know, blaming, uh, guilt, depression, the whole thing, but it's not until you really take responsibility for your own life that things start to change. Sure. And one of the key words that he said was willing. He was willing to do what it took. He was willing to do what the mentors would have him do. And the cool thing is you've got a show called School of Greatness. That Uh there are steps and that there's progression along the way. And the two steps that really stand out for me with you, Lewis, are that you were discovering, but the other steps were developing until you figured out what you were going to be good at. Talk about how those two things went hand in hand for you to rise up. Yeah, discovering and developing, is that what you said? Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, discovering, you know, really early on, it was all about discovery mode. I wasn't sure what I liked, what I didn't like. I just knew I didn't want to work for someone else. <laughs> I knew that, you know, I had this taste of this lifestyle. Let it be, it wasn't the NFL, but it was still, I was getting paid to play professional football in front of 20,000 screaming fans every weekend. You know, you train three, four hours a day and the rest of the day you have off. And I was like, this is pretty amazing. I could live this way the rest of my life. And so I had a taste of it. It's hard to go back to something. It's hard to go back from, the luxury car to like a junker once you've tasted it. If you had it, it's like you want to get back to that. It's hard to go back to coach when you've been in first class. You know what I mean? So it's it's a challenge. And I had this taste of this lifestyle and I was like, man, I just don't want to go work for someone else. I don't know how I'm going to make any money. I never made any money in my life. Before that, I was truck driving for six hours a day from Columbus to Cincinnati and back. I was working as a greenskeeper on a golf course in high school, in the summers, in college, I was doing like yard work for people, but I wasn't really 
working a job. I never had a nine to five. And I just knew I didn't want that. So I was in this discovery mode of like, okay, how am I going to make money? What are people going to pay me for? Because I don't have a degree yet. I really have zero skills to, you know, I, I'm not a designer, a programmer, you know, any of these things. So what can I do? And I started researching. And I remember reading an article about a guy, I forget his name, but he was like the ultimate connector. Mm. And he would make $1,000 for introducing people together. And what he would do, people would come to him, he had this huge Rolodex, and people would come to him and say, hey, can you give me a lunch meeting with the CEO of this company or Donald Trump or whoever it may be? And what he would do is he would say, yes, I can get you pretty much any one of my Rolodex for $2,000 for a 30-minute sit-down lunch meeting. I can't guarantee they will do anything for you. I can guarantee they'll show up. And he would take the $1,000 himself and pay the other person $1,000 that the person wanted to connect with. And I was like, wow, what a creative way to make money, make a full-time living by just having a great Rolodex. And essentially, I started to do that. I started to host these LinkedIn networking events around the country. I did a bunch in St. Louis. I did 20 around the country in one year. And I started bringing people together I was charging for them to get in at the door. I was getting sponsors to pay. I was making introductions and taking a commission off of sales. I had my LinkedIn book that I started selling. I started getting a commission from the food and bar that people would buy that night. I was finding all these creative ways to just leverage bringing people together early on on how to make money. And I discovered that I had a skill. I was developing this skill. Yeah. And that was kind of the process early on. That's beautiful. Awesome. So... Can you just share a little bit about, you know, so you went from broke as a joke, down yes. and out, done it all. cast, fluffy thing, and just <laughs> totally messed up to where you are today. And can you just share with everybody what your lifestyle looks like now? I mean, I feel like the, I'm like the most grateful human being in the world. I feel very blessed. And I also know that I work really, really hard yeah. to have what I want. And my vision was always to have a flexible lifestyle to be able to say yes and no to anything and to know that the money is always going to be coming in. And right now, my life is a little bit different because I've got this book coming out, so I'm constantly you know, doing interviews and things like that. But usually, it's, um, I'm very vision-based. I'm very vision-focused. So whatever my vision is right now, and it's usually about six to 12 months, I have a bigger vision of serving 100 million people to show them how to make a full-time living doing what they love. But I usually work within six to 12-month increments out on taking action towards that vision. And, uh, you know, I'm constantly talking to TV producers to see if there's good fits there. I'm constantly working on my own podcast. I want to make it the biggest podcast in the world. I'm creating products. I'm writing books. I'm training with the USA national team. I'm working out. I'm playing with my friends, having fun, traveling. It's a mixture of whatever I want to do and when I feel I want to do it. Awesome. So the reason I want you to share that was just giving people a reference point you know, and showing what's possible. And also, I'm very excited about your work. And this is something I continue to bring to the audience because, you know, our health is really determined heavily by the work that we do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's heavily determined by the relationships that we have and really understanding that you can make a dollar and make a difference. You know, you can find a way to make an income doing something that you actually enjoy. Mm -hmm. That's not everybody's lot in life to start a business. You know, but it maybe you can work for a company that really values you and you enjoy showing up at work every day rather than the right. alarm goes off and you're like, ah, oh, right. Yeah. My God. It's Can't. painful. Yes. Yes. And but so he took it a step further in that what he loves is empowering other people. Yeah. So it becomes exponentially beneficial because yeah. then those people will in turn 
help and bless and increase the opportunities for us to do right. to it do all, greatness. Yes. It's a trickle down effect. It and so wonderful. Lewis, I gotta ask you about this because you mentioned something that's super important to me, which is not giving up on your dreams. You know, a lot of people let their dreams die. And I remember, you know, Wayne Dyer actually passed away yes. recently. And he talked about not dying with your music still in you, mm. you know? And one of your dreams and goals was to be a part of the Olympics. Yes. And you were just like, dude, there's other thing that I discovered that could be a possibility for me to get in, mm -hmm. even though it's so-called later in life for you. So tell us about that. Tell us what's going on with this potential Olympic sport. Yeah, in 2008, I was just got out of my cast from this, this surgery. And it was the Summer Olympics. So I was watching the Beijing Olympics on my sister's couch still a couple months after my cast got off. I was you know, missing football, missing sports, and I didn't know I'd be able to play at a competitive level at the highest level in the world anymore in any sport. And then I watched the Olympics, and it was like 2 a.m. one night, and they were playing this sport called Team Handball. They were showing this sport. And I'd never seen this sport in my life but I came obsessed with it in that moment. I became obsessed and mad in that moment. Mad because I wish I'd started seeing it when I was in elementary school because it was the perfect sport for me. Obsessed because I saw an opportunity to still achieve my dreams. And um, I remember saying to myself, I did the research and the USA national team is, you know, a small team. There, aren't, there isn't a professional league in the USA, but it's huge in Europe, the sport called team handball. So I was doing the research trying to figure out where I could start playing in the U.S. There was no team in Ohio. There was a club team that was the national champs in New York. So I said to myself, okay, that's the dream. When I make enough money, I'm going to move to New York City and play with this team and then make the USA national team. And I couldn't get a hold of the USA national team. I couldn't get a hold of the New York club team. But they had their address of where they practiced on their website. So I said, I'm going to show up one day and play. And Essentially, the next two years, a year and a half, I, that was my dream, make enough money. I finally made enough money where I moved out on my own. I was saving a lot of cash, making a lot of money, and then I moved to New York City. I still couldn't get a hold of anyone. I show up at the practice courts. This was in Brooklyn at the time. I show up one night and I say, hey, guys, my name is Lewis Howes. I just moved here from Ohio. I'm here to play team handball and make the USA national team and go to the Olympics. And literally, they were just laughing at me. I was the only American in the courts. It's all Europeans that used to be professional in Europe that have moved to New York. They were laughing at me. And um, they said, well, this is our last practice of the summer. We come back in three months to practice again. We just finished the national championship. So come back in three months. So I came back three months later and said the same thing at the first practice. Yeah. My name's Lewis Howes. This is my dream. And I'm here to learn from you guys. They laughed, but they said, come on in. I trained my butt off for the next nine months and made the 16-man roster of the USA national team to go play in the Pan Am Championships in Argentina against all the South American uh, national teams. And um, we didn't end up making the Olympics in 2012, and we didn't qualify this year in 2016 coming up. But uh, it's been an incredible journey seeing how far I can push my body and train like an elite athlete while running a business, while traveling the world, while writing books and doing programs. I want to be a, an example. I want to set the example for people that you can still chase your dreams and have the business and have the relationships and have it all. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Yes, wow. man. First that of all, that's so awesome. That is so awesome. Way to go <clears throat> and seeing that all the way through. 
Yeah. Thank you. You know, I've got to tell you, man, that story has chill factor. Yeah, it does. You know, when you actually <laughs> showed up there and did whatever it took to make the team and actually making the team after making that declaration, that's incredibly powerful, man, and empowering. But really what it boils down to is what you said at the end, which is, in essence, being able to have greatness in so many different areas of our life. And that was the catalyst for you starting your podcast, which I'm assuming is the catalyst for the book. Just share, if you can, what really makes you an authority on greatness and drove mm. you to write this book. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. The podcast came out of a, a really unfortunate time, actually. I fell in love, which was fortunate, but then I moved to LA for a girl from New York City. So I was playing in New York with this team. I was on fire. My business was crushing. We were doing millions a year. And I was just like getting my groove in the city. I was just in love with it. I felt like on top of the world. You know, I was 27 or something. And I fell in love hard. I mean, I dropped to the ground, fell in love with this girl. Ended up moving to LA for her, which at the time was a mistake, but a blessing that I'm so grateful for, for the lesson now, because I moved to LA and she broke up with me the night I got to LA. I didn't have a place to live yet. I just brought my two bags, my guitar and laptop. I didn't have my place. I got out of my lease in New York. I didn't have a place in LA. And I was like, what am I going to do? Mad, angry, resentful. I was like, I'm so stupid. Why did I do this? But I stuck it out and said, you know, something good is going to come from this. I don't know what, but something good. It was a, a miserable seven months, I'll be honest. But um, the school of greatness come from it. I sold my company shortly after then because I wasn't really passionate about that business anymore. And I said, I got to figure out what the next thing is. How am I going to reinvent myself? What is it I really want to do? What's my mission? So I was doing some soul searching. The relationship ended. And I was driving around in LA traffic asking some guys like Pat Flynn and Derek Halper. And I was like, what's driving the most traffic for you right now? What's getting the biggest response for you right now in your business? And they were like, my podcast is just unbelievable. The amount of response I get and the feedback and the change that I'm creating in people's lives. And I was like, being in LA, people are stuck in traffic all day long. Mm. They probably need something to listen to other than music. So I said, though, I think I could do this. You know, if these guys can do it, I could do it. And I had never listened to podcasts before. And I didn't listen to any before I decided to do one. I said, I don't want to be influenced by what other people have done or make my show like theirs. So I maybe listened to like the first few minutes of a couple podcasts, but then I stopped because I was like, I don't want to be influenced at all. Mm. And I was like, what is the idea for my show? What do I really want to create? And I'm a huge learner, but school is hard for me, right? School is always really hard. But I said, what if there was a different type of school? A school where people could dream any dream and achieve it. And um, School of Greatness kind of came up as a name. And it started out just a once a week hobby. And from there, the change that it was making in people's lives, I was like, okay, this is something. There's something here. And it really took off. So that's how the School of Greatness came about. And so the School of Greatness itself and by the way it's phenomenal i mean mm-hmm. head and shoulders one of the best podcasts out there of the hundreds of Thank thousands you. there are you know this is one that i definitely regularly tune into which is so cool because when i was driving in today i was listening to one of your episodes and then you text me like oh yeah this is this is dope. <laughs> it's a dope moment you know and so well, i'm just trying to make my show as good as yours man <laughs> i receive it bro same here man same here so he's definitely set a high bar and his show is phenomenal. You know, he brings on the most incredible people and he has this gift for helping them to articulate the hows, what, where, why of their lives. And you can really pull away some value every single episode. 
And so with those lessons- I want to answer your question because I forgot to answer it. You said, what makes you the authority on greatness? Yeah, I was going to come back to it. To answer that, I'm not the authority on greatness. And that's why the show isn't about me. It's about the people I bring on and their story and their lessons. And that's why the book isn't even though I share my story throughout the book on backing up certain principles that I learned from the great minds that I've had on, it's more about the lessons like you, you're featured in the book about why sleep is one of the most important things to be great. And without it, you can't be great. If you're just running on fumes every day, you're not going to have the energy and the fuel. So we share the expert's story like yourself and others who are up to the biggest things in the world, who are changing the world, you know, and that's what it's all about. And then it's me backing up. Yeah, I applied this principle in my business, in my athletics, and I noticed that it worked for me. So that's why it's not about me. It's about the people I bring on. Yes, nice. love it. And so the book really breaks down the components of greatness, you know, the actual components. So would you mind sharing what some of those components are? Yeah, I mean, the first one, and all these are very simple. And actually, you know, greatness doesn't have to be complicated. You know, it can yeah. be very simple, but sometimes we overcomplicate things. The first one is vision. You cannot be great at anything. I don't care if it's your family life, your community, your career, your sports, whatever it may be. You cannot be great without a very clear, purposeful, powerful vision. And so many people that I talk to that listen to School of Greatness say, I don't know what I want. Right. I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know what I'm passionate about. Or they say, I want this and this and this and this. They're not clear. And I'm telling you, you've got to just be clear. It doesn't mean you have to be clear of what you want for your whole life. Just be clear of what you want right now. And you can start working towards that. So vision is one of the most powerful things that all great leaders have. They have powerful visions. Martin Luther King, he had a dream. He had a vision for one day something happening, something changing. Everyone's got a great vision. Uh, that's the first thing. You want to list all eight of them or just a few of them? Let's do eight. We, can, we can, <clears throat> can't bring it up and not do it now. Yeah. <laughs> so there's eight principles of greatness. The vision is the first thing. The second thing, all great leaders. Let's see if you can. You've already skimmed part of the book, but all great leaders, the bigger the game they're up to, the bigger the dream, what do you think uh, is big for them as well? What else comes up for them if they have a huge dream what what else do they have challenges mm-hmm. that's right and they learn to turn their adversities into their advantage so you know i learned to use my learning disabilities and use it to my advantage to connect with people in an emotional intimate way and create a business around being a connector and being able to relate to people as opposed to being book smart and being able to you know do math. Like I couldn't do that. And that's not what I'm about. So it's learning to use our biggest challenges, our biggest adversities, the biggest things that happened for us in our life to advance us in our life. And uh, not talking about the things that happened to us or against us, but looking at it as a responsibility that had happened for us. You know, I was sexually abused when I was five. And for 25 years, I held this pain and resentment and anger towards feeling abused by another man who sexually abused me that I didn't even know. And I never spoke about it and I never talked about it until a couple of years ago when I finally took responsibility for my life and looked at it as an opportunity as opposed to something that was holding me back. I became free and I became even greater in my business, greater in my relationships. And um, a lot of people hold these adversities, they let it hold them back. They let it hold them down. I got injured, someone passed away, my parents got divorced. And they use that as their negative story for the rest of their life that holds them back, that guards them. 
as opposed to moving them forward. So learning to turn your adversity into your advantage. The third thing is cultivating a champion's mindset. You know, in athletics and sports, I was, you know, on championship teams, but I also played against some of the top athletes in the world in many different sports. And so I was able to witness what it took from these athletes and what it took from myself to be a winner, to be on the top. And it took this insane, incredible belief in myself. Mm. And when I watch an interview of someone after the Super Bowl or World Series, you see the MVP doing an interview. There's usually one of two things that happens right away in that interview. When the person says, congratulations, how did you do it? What do you think they do? What's, give me an example of one thing they might say during that interview. Um, let's see. I want to thank God for giving me the ability. Boom. That's right. They thank God. They say all the praise goes to God. You know, Without him, I am nothing. He gives me my strength, my energy, and I put all my faith into him. Right? So they have this belief that they are the channel of God's energy or whatever it may be, and that they put all of their faith and belief into that source. The other side of the coin, you get the athletes who are the Muhammad Ali effect. I am the greatest. I am the best in the world. I train my butt off. No one can beat me. I know I'm the greatest. Either way, they have something in common. Such a strong belief in themselves that their abilities come from somewhere. Whether it's themselves or God, they have that mindset that they are the best because of something. And it's hard to go into battle on a sports field and the business world without that mindset and be great and get to the top. So it's developing that champion's mindset. Number four, this is something I feel like has been my secret sauce, my key to, to getting to where I'm at. It's developing hustle. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people talk about grit or perseverance. For me, it's just been hustling. It's been, you know, I've always been that player that if it's me, there's a loose ball on the court and it's me and the other opponent, I'm the one who's willing to sacrifice my body to break my neck, to dive and break my arm, to get one little loose ball. And I'm willing to do that over and over and over again until I can't do it anymore. And that's what I've done in the real world as well, doing whatever it takes to add value to people, stay up till 3 a.m. if I have to sometimes and sacrifice my sleep to build that relationship and add more value and learn and grow and it's all about that hustle. You know, that's what really got me to where I am. Oh, I want to I uh, jump in here real quick on yeah. this one, man. This one, you just said it. You, he said it, guys. Listen, this is what he feels is his secret sauce. You know, the special mm-hmm. sauce on the Lewis Mac sandwich is hustle. <laughs> you know, so developing that hustle muscle, you know, and <clears throat> there's different areas of life that you can apply that to. Yes. You know, you don't have to dive on the floor and grab that loose ball with Lewis because you'll probably lose mm-hmm. anyways. Mm-hmm. But there are so many other places where you can step your game up yes. and add more value, add more time, add more energy, think differently, but just yes. putting in that time and effort. So thank you for bringing that up and saying clearly that that was the number one thing. I think that's so important. Yeah. And when I see, you know, when I interview these great minds and you do as well, the difference makers, usually they're willing to work harder than anyone else. And they're so passionate about their vision that they'll do whatever it takes. Whereas you hear the other people are like, I don't know what I want and that's too hard. Well, you're not hustling and you're not going to get results just laying on your butt. So it's not going to just come to you. You've got to put in the work. That's plain and simple. Number five, this is your wheelhouse and this is where you're mentioned in the book is mastering your body. It's hard to achieve greatness on any level when you have excess Weight and energy holding you back, dragging you down, whether that's emotional weight, whether that's physical weight, anything that's dragging you down from your clear vision, 
you know, there's enough challenges and adversities that you're going to face already when you have a big dream and a big vision. When your health gets in the way, emotional, mental, or physical, that just makes it that much harder. So when you learn to master your body, I think Richard Branson said somewhere in a quote, the key to success in business is mastering your health. And I was like, really? That he said like the key to success in business is your health. Mm. And I was like, interesting that a guy that successful in business talked about health as the key. And I think it's true. It's hard to really be uh, you know, focused throughout the day when your energy is low, when yeah. you don't have enough sleep, yeah. when you're, you know, have this excess that's holding you back. So mastering your body and as an athlete who was in great shape and then lost it and was like 35, 40 pounds overweight, I felt the effects of getting out of shape and then getting back into shape. Yeah. And I know what it's like when my body's off. You know, sometimes I'm not perfect and my body, I gain a few extra pounds, I don't get the sleep I need, and I feel the effects. Yeah. So constantly ma- mastering your body. That brings you down, you know, and um, it's really important to understand, and we all know this, life is so much easier when you feel good. You know, when you don't feel good, like you have to force yourself to do everything. And yes. just think about the difference that we can make on this planet if people are actually healthy. You know, I like to give an example. For example, think about like NASA. Like we're building spaceships on vending machine food, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. Like people are fueled on like honey buns and like snack well cookies and chips making space shuttles. Imagine. Just imagine what we can do if we get on the good stuff. You know, it's super exciting. But at the same time, it's like we have to be aware. You know, oftentimes we don't know what we don't know. But yes. we can, especially with products like you creating, you know, like with the School of Greatness book, giving people this blueprint of how do I take my life to the next level and making it a specific point to say, you've got to get healthy. You've got to feel good because that's going to open the door for a lot more. Yes, that's it. And that's why everyone should listen to your show to learn about how to master their health for sure. Number six, this is practicing positive habits. So I'm all about Mm. setting yourself up to win in every area of your life. And when you set yourself up to win, it's easier to win. When you don't do this, it's harder to win. And that's with the morning rituals, the daytime rituals, the evening rituals. I know you have a whole ritual about going to sleep that you talked about in my show that I try to apply some of it every night. But it's setting yourself up to win as much as possible. And the greatest minds, the greatest leaders, the greatest achievers have positive habits throughout their life. And it's all about figuring out what works for you to set you up to win. Some of these things are going to be uncomfortable. Some of these things you don't want to do. You don't want to wake up early and work out some days. You don't want to turn your electronics off at night. There's certain things that are uncomfortable or not fun. But when you do them, you start to see better results. So we talk about how to master practicing those positive habits. The seventh one is uh, essential. You cannot achieve greatness alone. It takes a team. It takes an army of 18 players to help you get there. You would not be able to have the podcast that you have without your team who's there setting everything up, editing, producing, researching, working with you, it wouldn't happen, right? The same thing with me and my business. I couldn't do it on my own. So building a winning team, learning to connect and relate to people on every level and meeting them where they're at, not expecting them to meet you where you're at. Mm. That's the essence of a great leader. And we talk about how to do that on Build a Winning Team. And the final eighth chapter, eighth principle, which is probably the most rewarding And one of the most important is, and when you do this, more continues to come to you all the time, is living a life of service. And for me, that can look different in many different ways. That could be 
giving of your time, giving of your energy, giving of your resources, giving of your money. It can be uh, whatever it may be. But living a life of service and being service every single day. What I mean by that is every opportunity you can be of service, do it. That means walking down the street and smiling and saying hello to someone. That's being of service and bringing joy to someone. That's always opening the door for someone. That's always saying please and thank you. That's cracking a joke for the waiter that's waiting on you. Whatever it may be, bringing a smile to someone's face and then growing from there and seeing how you can make a bigger and deeper impact, living a life of service, that's what it's all about. Love it, man. And to encapsulate that and to have that be, you know, at the end of the book, to push that point, man, that really, that means a lot to me personally because I know how valuable it is, but we look past that stuff. You know, we're trying to make stuff happen in our own lives, but no matter how bad things may be in your life, you can always still help at least one person, you know, and that's how powerful we are. And thank you for sharing this. And guys, the School of Greatness book is available right now. So head over immediately and pick up your copy. This is a must-have in your library for sure. Love the book. I love this guy. And Lewis, there's a question I like to ask my guests, and I'm definitely interested to hear what you have to say about this. You, you mentioned some of the things already, but I want to hear you encapsulate it. What's the model that you're here to set with the way that you're living your life? My goal is to be a symbol of inspiration to show what's possible for people in their life. And that means I need to go after all of my dreams in my life. And so for me, it's always been, you know, I've been an entertainer since the day I was born. I always, I was the youngest of four kids. I'd never got any attention. And so I was always this brat trying to get attention from my siblings and my parents because it was just chaos, right? And I fell in love with sports because I wanted to inspire people to show them what was possible in their life. I wanted to show them that this scrawny, skinny, unathletic kid could make great plays and do something great through all the adversity. And people in the stands could see and witness a moment that would inspire them to go be better in their relationships, to be better in their life, to go after their dreams and and just have that moment of inspiration. And I've tried to fulfill that throughout my entire journey, whether it be business or back in sports and show people it's possible. You can have what you want. You can have it all. And it can be an incredible experience. Awesome. My man. And you are definitely doing this, man. You're a model for millions right now, man. It's going to be many millions more. Uh, Let everybody know where they can connect with you and also pick up the School of Greatness book. Yeah, I mean, I'm everywhere online, lewishouse.com and at lewishouse everywhere online. But if you go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble, you can go pick up a copy there of the book, The School of Greatness, or just go to greatnessbook.com and there's all the information there on how to get it. Awesome, my man. I appreciate you so much. And, you know, I'm somebody I definitely know what it's like to put in the energy and effort to make something beautiful happen. And I just want to thank you, man, so much from my heart to yours for doing such excellent work for us. Thank you. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope that you got a lot of value out of this. And let this be a reminder of the greatness that you have within yourself. You know, this is an opportunity to stop holding back and to stop making excuses and to really step into your greatness. It doesn't matter how young or how old you are right now. You've got so much potential, but it's really about applying these certain principles and connecting yourself. You know, Lewis really got his game going by having mentors. And this doesn't have to be people, and I know also he read books, he had mentors through certain books. This doesn't have to be people that you hang out with personally, although that can be great, but this is a mentorship right here. Mm -hmm. You know, being a part of this community, being a part of the School of Greatness community. These things are going to help to raise your vibration and to keep you focused 
when times get hard, you know, because you know you've got it in, you know you've got the, the gifts, the talents, the capacities. It's just a matter of putting it all together. And this education, you know, this school of greatness is a big part of that. So everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Take care. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon. And make sure for more after the show, you head over to theshawnstevensonmodel.com. That's where you can find the show notes. And if you got any questions or comments, make sure to let me know. And please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and let everybody know that our show is awesome and you're loving it. And I read all the comments, so please leave me a comment there. And take care, everybody. promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help transform your life. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening.